Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. at the same time as you guys you did it was so close god damn it yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. you're doing great yeah um joel is uh breakdance photographer videographer uh he's a living example of how to live the freelance life which i thought was the perfect guest to have on our Yes. Our little podcast, which is for creatives by creatives, we talk about everything that how it's how it is living the freelance life and all of the uh, funny things in between. So, I thought my buddy Joel would be a good person to get on the podcast because he's a very dear friend of mine. We've known each other for I think it's nearly ten years, Joel. I think it's yeah, close to I ten years so. now. Close to yeah. ten wow. years. Um, I met Joel when he was a rapper uh, with the name yeah. Bam Bam. And he is in my book, in my book about Australian hip hop. Oh, and yes. so I met him when we went around and took some photos for that book. Uh, and then mm. years and years and years and years later, which we're going to talk about. See, Joel's one of those annoying people. Like, um, oh, he's so annoying. Thanks, Mish. Like, he's, he's so annoying. I actually, he's actually good really at like everything. <laughs> I'm giving you a compliment here. He's actually okay. just good at everything. And everybody that knows Joel knows this. And it's actually like, well, it's awesome, but it's actually really annoying. So he's just like, yeah. he just, he he exists at this level, which is just of high competence of a lot of things. So we're going to talk about <laughs> How do you today. do it? What's the secret? Yeah, we're going, to, secret? we're going to ask him about the secret. We're going to talk a little bit about um, his background and how he got into a few of these things. But I just wanted to say um, he has been a really good friend to me over the last couple of years. He's my tour buddy, a.k.a. tour husband. And we were saying before, we were joking before, that he's definitely seen me cry a few times and had to, um, you know, <laughs> pick me up when I'm feeling depressed. But I said this after we spent, I don't know, how many months did we spend together in, like, 2018, 2019? Like, it was a lot of time. Like It was well, like 
yeah, most of most of that time most much. of that time yeah and I, I remember saying to people when I got back I was just like I never get sick of Joel like I just don't ever get sick of him and You're we're together all to the time <laughs> <laughs> you're doing like, something ask, right Joel ask my mum <laughs> but it made you to like fact, sleep like, in the in the tour bus together like as in like because I saw some yeah, photos slept, of the rule bus yeah yeah and they're so like we were bunks like, in there our bunks were like next to each other so we could reach over and touch hands in the morning <laughs> say hi put it this way i could hear michelle fart during the night <laughs> <laughs> you are such a liar oh, oh my god oh honestly no, those we... two of us would stink though oh they do, do they, they absolutely do so whiffy on there i bet oh yeah lucky michelle Imagine has being... shut. Um, yeah there was me and there's rules mum, and then there's no yeah. other girls it's just a bus full of boys yeah absolutely rose mom that's so funny. yeah she slept underneath joel actually which is a weird thing to say but the box (laughs) 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 it's true (laughs) did you did you have like what because that's kind of confronting like i mean sleeping like in dormitories and stuff like that when you're traveling and stuff i when i was over in the states because they don't really do it i was like oh i don't know if i want to go into into a dorm sort of thing there oh no there's no privacy tam there's no and worse than a dorm like it's yeah it's way worse than a dorm way closer (laughs) that's the thing like so many so many Mm. people talk about like um wanting to tour and like especially females like you i'm like you really have to think about what you're wishing for here because like the reality (laughs) of touring is like so different to what you think it's and i love it like don't get me wrong and joel loves it as well like we we're we really suit the lifestyle, I think. But mm. you have to be very much, do you agree with this, Joel? Like super just chill, go with the flow. You're not really it's def- it's Yeah, it's definitely not for much. everybody. But um, like, mm. yeah, it's not for everybody. But but like strangely enough, like as weird as the circumstances are on the bus and stuff and like, I mean, the worst part about it is having to plan your poos. But the, <laughs> yeah, you have to plan your poos. You can't that, poo on the bus, Tam. You can't poo on the bus. You have to actually have to schedule in. You're not what? allowed to poo. Yeah, yeah, this is a how, thing. This- how did he? How? Okay, so this, is there a toilet on the bus? Who made the there rule that you can't poo on the bus? It's a, the it's bus a universal rule across the bus all bus. Yeah, it's across all bus tours. You cannot poo. Like, so anyone that's ever toured will know this rule. There's actually a podcast, a music photography podcast that I'm actually going to be on with rule next week. It's called Don't Shit on the Bus. So it's like a full thing. <laughs> oh, my it's a full gosh, thing. that's amazing. Yeah, it's a rule. Oh. So, like. You have to, well, you explain, Joel. Explain. I feel like someone might get thrown under the bus on that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. 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 Yeah, but but, but, pooing aside. um, Pooing aside. (laughs) It definitely does take take a certain type of person to to be into it and stuff. But funnily enough, like when we came home, I kind of like missed the bus. As like it's such a yeah. weird thing to get well, no. such a weird thing to get used to because it's it's mm. like your clothes and stuff are in the back in like a trailer in the back of the bus or or are they in the back? I can't remember. It's different. Two they, different buses, well, but. it was for different. Remember in America they were on the bus in different bunks because we didn't remember we didn't have as many people sleeping. But then in Europe they were in the trailer, so it was like you had to try and plan yeah, so what you wanted to wear every day. Yeah, it's a, it's all a bit of it. It's not like really a, like 
productive workflow in, ter- in terms of like living but like mm. once you get used to it it's kind of just and it becomes kind of just normal it's, it's kind of really simple like it's a really simple way of living and I agree yeah. Like yeah. I really missed it as well and one thing I will notice that you sleep really well on the bus like there's something about because you mm. always like rocking sleep you, like, when you're driving like, yeah there's something yeah. about it and you just sleep like, I quite like honestly like too. 10 hours like we would be out yeah. and we'd wake up somewhere and be like where are we like in the middle of like yeah. some bus stop in how many um like oh, i was gonna say like rural idaho when we're like at some truck stop or something <laughs> <laughs> how um what is like did rule does rule go on the bus too or does he go on another bus like oh, no, they... he's on the he's got he's got the the penthouse suite of the bus which is like yeah okay up there he's got like a double bed and yeah it's right up the back and um, wow! His, and his quarters, his quarters, his his section in the on the Europe bus was sick. It literally was like a hotel room, wasn't it, Joel? Yeah, and he's got this tiny little um like footstool at the end of his bed, and that's what I sleep on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cozy. Oh I, my god! I'd probably sleep there as well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's get let's let's go let's go to the start of um let's speak uh let's talk to you about your journey. You've got quite an interesting journey, and mm. you you were kind of break dancing before you were rapping. So we'll go. Let's start with the break dancing journey, and then we'll talk about how you got into rapping potentially. Um, yes. Okay. Um. I mean, should I like the only reason that I've picked up all of these like um strange careers is probably pretty much just because I'm unemployable. Um, <laughs> um no i i guess oh uh, I, no i started i started breaking like when i was like 15 like 14 or something it's like still in school and and i i just and it was weird it was just something that i kind of always wanted to do and i like i just remember like as a kid like just always doing the worm and like doing flips and stuff in the playground just like i, I actually don't know where i saw it i must have seen it on tv or like in some sort of i don't know some movie or something like that and just like oh it was just something I always wanted to do and then like I was I remember being at school and like looking in like yellow pages and stuff and trying to find like yellow pages it sounds so like, um, but, like aging yourself find, like, there that's yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like like Love trying it. to find places that taught it and um anyway like some kid at school was like oh this guy that works in my milk bar he started he started like a breakdance class and it's first I'd heard so I went and like went along to the classes and started doing that and um I just like fell in love with it. Like I, it was just like, I was like, this is everything. Like, it, you know, just instant attraction to it. And um, yeah, I just, I was just like threw myself into it. It was kind of like training every day. Like there was two classes a week or something. I was going to every class and then I'd go home and like practice what, I, what I'd learn at class, like the whole week and then go back to class. And the, the like, sort of long story short, the guys that were training me in the end, because I was so like passionate about it and like, you know, really throwing everything into it. I kind of got quite, I guess, you know, I excelled at it quite quickly because it was like all I could think about is all I wanted to do. I just did it nonstop 24 seven. Like I'd come home, move all the furniture and just be like doing ridiculous shit in my lounge room. And then um, they kind of like approached me like after about a year or so and were like, oh, like, do you want to come and join our crew? And I was like, fuck yeah. Like that was kind of like the, you know, for me, that was like all I wanted in life. I was like, mm-hmm. I just want these guys to know my name. You know what I mean? Like they were like, you know, the <laughs> well, biggest yeah. celebrities in my, in that I could think of in my brain, like, you know, the people that I idolize the most. And, um, and yeah, they were like, you know, we want you to come and join our crew. And, and uh, I was, you know, obviously completely into that. And then fast forward, like another year or something, I, I was doing shows with them here and there and they were kind of training me up. And then 
it got to like, I think I was like halfway through year 12 and um, they were like, oh, hey, we're going to go and um, practice. like the Australian championships are coming up. We want to, you know, train for it and stuff. And like, we've got all these shows because back then it was kind of like, there weren't many people doing it. And so there was a lot of work for the crew that I was in and they were like the most professional, I guess, um, in the scene, like pretty much, pretty much the only crew, but also the most professional in, like, in terms of like a when- business sense and stuff. When you say work, like what type of work were you doing? Were they like corporate gigs or like what? It was yeah, all what, sorts what, of stuff. Like we, we just used to, just like heaps of events, like TV commercials, corporate stuff, like music videos. Um, there was like, you know, lots, lots of like extreme sports stuff going on back then as well. Like there'd be like, a, you know, extreme sports events. And we had like clothing sponsors. It was sponsored by Echo at the time, which was owned by Globe. So mm. Globe would always be throwing... Sick. you know you know like awesome extreme events and stuff and and we'd be doing stuff there and like doing tours with them and things like that and then um then yeah th- then they kind of like and that was getting quite busy and I was at school at the time and then they said you know we want to we want to sort of uh train for this Australian championships coming up do you want to do it with us and I was like yeah but the kind of work involved in it was quite heavy and I was like halfway through year 12 and I like I came home to mom and I was like mom these guys are like you know you know how much I love this I was like we're gonna train for the Australian championships like but I can't I need to leave school like there's too much going on and I, I don't want to do mm-hmm. anything else I want to do this and it was like a big conversation to have with my mom and she sort of knew how much I loved it so she was she was kind of like I don't want you to leave school but I know how much you love this and how much it means to you and stuff and she and she mm-hmm. knew all the guys as well they were all like 10 years older than me or 10 plus wow. years older than me and so she was like you know she knew them very well they were kind of like family at this point and um and she's like look if this is what you want to do you can do it like leave you know go for it so I ended up yeah dropping out of like year 12 like halfway through and just we just started training for this Australian championships and um yeah it was and from there from then on it was like literally that was just my life from then for the next like Mm. 10 years but like we I mean we went to the Australian championships we won and then we went to like Germany to represent Australia um and you know it it all kind of played out exactly how I was hoping it would I was hoping it was wasn't going to be like Mom, can I leave school and then go and lose the championships and be like, can I go back to school? Do you have any money, mom? <laughs> um, That's yeah. amazing. And so, and so, yeah. And so that like we did that. And then the following year, we did the same thing again. Like we we um, won the Australian championships again, went and represented Australia overseas again, which is great. Like we won the extreme games. Like we were kind of just on this like hot streak where breaking was quite popular back then in those, like during that period. Mm. And we were just kind of like winning all the competitions, getting all the work. Like it was just, Amazing. it was like the peak, you know, it was the, if I was ever going to leave school and decide to become a break dancer, I mean, that was the <laughs> perfect time in like, you know, the last 20 years to do it, to have done it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of hit it yeah. right at the right time, which is good. Cause I mean, now, yeah. now it's, it's still around. It's still a thing, but like, there's a lot less of, a lot less things happening now like a lot less events there's a lot less mm. work why why do you think that is is it like pre-covid obviously but like what why do you think that, that is that it's it's not as much kind of action i don't I actually don't know um like it's it's strange because uh, i mean even pre-covid i, I don't want to like speak out of turn because i'm kind of detached from the scene now but I just feel like it kind of had this peak and then it kind of wasn't cool any anymore like it wasn't cool like on a commercial level and I think that that might have stopped a lot of people like younger generation coming up like uh, but I mean yeah, it's sucks. weird it's weird because it's so like so accessible now on the internet mm. for kids to watch it and stuff so you'd think that there'd be more people into it but I still go to training and I still train with a lot of the guys mm. and it's funny because the Olympics are coming up and a lot of yeah, the people so there are breakdancings in Paris Olympics that's right isn't it 
20, yeah, 20, 24. <laughs> yeah. And so breaking's in that now. And so it's funny seeing all of the, all the people that are training for the Olympics from Australia are pretty much my generation. So that there's not really a younger generation before mm. mine that are around. Like, I mean, there mm. is, but I, I don't, I don't see them. I, I'm, I'm again, I'm pretty disconnected from the scene now, but you know, but I do go to training sessions and I don't see, I see a lot of young people there, but not a lot of young people like that like at that really, level or whatever. Yeah. yeah 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 like i feel like they're kind it's of like it's it was it's like it's, it was trending or something and then the trend yeah. kind of backed off a bit now and which exactly. is a real which shame is, because it's so it's so incredible like i don't know how do you do the spinning on your head yeah <laughs> like, i do all the spinning yeah. he does <laughs> like, all the things and the flips do all of it do you actually like but like it. adjust the head or yeah, do you yeah, need yeah, to just, have your just, just everywhere <laughs> 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 Just, you pick a body part. You pick it. a body. Yeah, exactly. He'll do a spin. <laughs> he used he used to just like always entertain us on tour. Like we'd get um to a venue early for sound check, and so like, yeah. the whole band sound checking. And Joel and I don't really have much to do during sound check, except for Joel to be silly and entertain me and just do break dancing, and like that's usually what would happen. So it was yeah. great. Um, yeah, Michelle's just like. It. Do something interesting. Dance for me. Dance. Dance, dance, dance monkey. Dance for me, Joel. Dance for yeah. me. So you guys, you would, you would dance and spin on every part of your body for Michelle. You'd hold hands in the yes. morning to wake each other up yes. on the tour bus. Far yes, together. I told you. She'd he's dance. my tour husband. It's like legit. <laughs> Slash dance monkey. Slash yeah. dance monkey, yeah. Oh, that's, oh, so that's amazing because, so you, you know, that's a, a fairly big risk to leave school and uh, finish early and not, I mean, a lot of parents expect you to go off and study at university. Like, I don't know about you, Mish, but I dropped out of school as well. Did you drop out? No, I went to university. Um, I did, mm-hmm. I got a sports science degree, but it was very, like, which is a whole oh, other conversation. Right. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's but yeah, it was very, very, it. I've got walk parents. It was pretty expected that, you know, mm. you go to uni, but um Mm. yeah I think I mean yeah. if you know I think if you know Joel's mom as well like she's she's very awesome free spirit lovely lady I think that she would be very supportive I think she would be concerned but also supportive of she, she was Joel. she was supportive but also she wasn't going to stop me she, <laughs> she's not going to yeah. stop you yeah you're <laughs> just going to do what you want to do yeah. yeah, but it's it's interesting because it's like uh, you know lots of people just want to drop out of school because they're sick of going to school. But it's like you had this ambition and this dream, and you literally turned it into reality, which is I think that that's amazing. And this would be obviously how you've managed to you know cut your teeth through all of these other um, things that you do, which is um, rapping. I'm keen to hear about the rapping because that, yeah. I don't know the story. Yeah. I don't know how you started. Like I because that's when I met you, and I kind of knew then I found out you were doing the other stuff afterwards but I don't actually know how you started rapping I don't know the bam bam story I think I I mean I think I think I was kind of doing it the same time like when I was breaking like you know just mucking around I was just like obsessed with hip-hop culture and stuff so I was like I think I was just you know playing around and I met some people that were kind of doing it as well and um we just sort of like you know once I found people that were doing it I was like oh okay it's a you know it's a, we're allowed to do it here like we can do it <laughs> like I wasn't I wasn't I didn't know anyone that rapped or anything like that and so yeah found some friends that were doing it and um yeah just kind of was like you know playing around with it just really awful 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 stuff for a long time and then I guess just kind of like awful kept stuff. going and and then and then you know it gets to a point where you're like oh you know maybe we should try and record some of this stuff and like it, it was awful for a long time and then um 
yeah, I don't know. It, just, it was again, it was just another thing that like I fell in love with. It's just another hobby, and um, mm. you know, I, I think breaking was kind of starting to sort of not wind down, but like I was, I kind of find that like I when I find something that I'm really passionate about, I, I'll kind of throw everything into it for like this. Like uh, I hate to kind of admit this, but like throw everything into it for like a period of time, like a period of years. And then I kind of start to, it, it, like once, like it'll start as a hobby and then it becomes a job. And then I still love it just as much, but when it's a job, it, you kind of view it in a different light. So then I think rapping kind of became the new hobby, like the next yeah. thing that kind of was like my thing to do away from my work stuff, even though I still love breaking and was still doing a lot of it. Um, I think that was just making music was more just like, you know, that, that's what I do for fun now, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, got a recording set up, met more people in the scene and stuff like, um, and then I actually remember hearing Mantra um, for the first time. And I was like, he, like when I, because when I first started rapping, I kind of heard like all these, like, you know, bit like this really thick Australian accent. And I was like, and it's like, I, to be completely honest, I didn't enjoy it at all. And I was just like, and I was like, oh, I don't want to like, rap like that because I don't sound like that like I don't even talk like that like what's this and then I heard mantra and I was like holy shit this guy sounds like awesome and he's not he doesn't sound like this like super Australian version but he actually yeah he's got a great kind of like a hybrid accent going on because it's not American but it's not like that really Australian it's like this in between kind of but he's he's like just quite articulate he's just quite articulate when he talks and stuff anyway and and from that like I was like oh wow maybe you can just kind of rap in the way that you speak it doesn't have to be like super mm. ochre or like you know or an American accent or whatever and I, but but also at the same time I heard him I heard something like a track that he'd done called Beyond Your Flows which was like off this like album way back in the day and I heard it and just blew my mind I was like holy shit who is this guy this is like the most incredible shit I've ever heard like I didn't think it I was I was like does Australia have good rappers and then I was like whoa who is this guy this is like the best rapper I've ever heard and then, you know, fast forward, we became mates and started hanging out, started doing um, songs and stuff with him. And, you know, we'd, he was someone that, that kind of like helped me, you know, uh, get my ass into gear a little bit. And then from there, yeah, we just like, you know, other friends of mine started running hip hop nights and, and we'd all just go down there every Monday night and start kind of like, like every Monday night, the whole rap scene would just go down there and every, every week would rotate like, you know, I'd get up and perform one week and then Rob would get up and perform one week. And then like Illy would perform the other week and then Seth would perform and 60 would perform. Pez would perform. It was like all those dudes like cutting their teeth like awesome. every Monday yeah, night. All, all those guys just... were coming up at the same time, weren't they? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, I remember the generation. Message. Yeah. yeah. I really remember the message in flux. Yeah. yeah. There was a massive surge and you did, you went on tour with uh, 360. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So we, we were like pretty much the best mates back then. And, um, and he he was like it was right at the peak uh, sorry at the just right before he sort of the falling and flying album came out like we'd been friends for a long time before that and then the the falling and flying thing kind of like kicked off for him we'd done a song on his mixtape previously and that song kind of went a little bit um gangbusters online which was good that kind of like got my foot back in the door or got my foot in the door actually just with like sort of the industry and people knowing who i was and that sort of stuff and then um yeah, he went, I think, what happened? It was weird. He he had his album launch tour for Falling and Flying, which was like a super huge album. And the first, I think because we were so close at the time, for some reason I couldn't be at his Melbourne show. 
So I was like, hey, I'm going to fly to Sydney to come and see a Sydney show. And he was like, yeah, awesome. So I went to Sydney and he was like, hey, do you want to get up and just hype man me? Like, do you just want to be on stage and do my backups for the show? And I was like, awesome. Fuck yeah, let's go. So we got super pissed and just got on stage and had like the best time ever. And he was like, do you want to come and do it in Wollongong tomorrow night? And I was like, yeah, awesome. So we did that. And from then he was just like, all right, like you're in, you're my hype man. And we just, you know, we toured for like, I think, yeah, I think we toured for like three years, like together after that, two or wow. three years, like during that. But we did, you know, like the Groove in the Mood tour, the Big Day Out tour. We toured America and Canada together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously did all of his tours. Like, I don't know, he did probably three or three plus like Australian tours. Um, yeah. So it was that, that was a whole like ride in itself as well. Seems like a big, like, seems like a lifetime like another, yeah like another life yeah. pre-touring pre what yeah. we're doing now it's like another yeah. life before that yeah I was I was actually thinking the other day I was I was like ah oh, if, if things never go back to normal I've had a pretty good run I've done some pretty wild stuff yeah. <laughs> I was like <laughs> on that like do you have a favorite memory from that tour time with 60 yeah um just I don't know. Just, One just that the you whole can experience. share. <laughs> I actually don't have any memories of it to be yeah. <laughs> Um, No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like maybe the Big Day Out tour was probably um, one of my favourites. Like that was just like he was at his peak and it was just like so surreal to just like come out to play to like 10,000 people like every day. It was just like. Oh, oh my God. I remember the first no. time I saw him, which was at uh, a breakout festival, um, must have been 2012. And I didn't know who he was. And I was there. I was, the yes, perfect. I know. So I didn't know. Remember like years later, I was like, you told me that you were there. And I went through my photos and I had photos of you, but we didn't know each other. So I didn't know, like, it was just like, <laughs> this weird. I was so like, amazing. wait, I've got photos of you from this show. Yeah, um, that I right, shot like right. wait but I remember that that seeing him and just going just this he just had this real air of confidence about him that I hadn't really seen before and I was like this guy's gonna be massive and it was just before mm. he really kind of blew and I remember just seeing he was on like a smaller stage but it's so many people came to see him like they packed out this tiny little like it was you know they were spilling out everywhere and everybody knew all the lyrics everyone was like so passionate I'm like who is this guy like it was yeah it was full pandemonium back then like it was yeah it happened, it really was. happened to him so quickly like it was very very fast it was like one day everything was fine and then the next minute would go down the street and he'd just get like swarmed by like school kids and shit yeah it was, it was very, re- very it was similar really... to, like, to the rule stuff um but like, yeah back then it was very different and how do yeah. how do how do you like how do they cope or you know you cope with that kind of um attention if it, 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 it's almost like from one day to the next like I mean even listening to Billy um Eilish's latest album and she talks about she kind of covers off that stuff of you know people everyone knows her and um you can't go back from that you know and so yeah because you uh, would have yeah. observed it at a cup at a couple of that's a great point Tam like you've observed it you know, from at like, you know, 360 and rule, like it's, it's weird. Hey, like it's weird observing that when someone's yeah, that I mean, famous yeah, and how I mean, people I, act around them. Yeah. I mean, I don't like, I, you know, I don't want to speak on, on behalf of them or anything, but I, like it's like, from the outside looking in it, like it, it, it it's, it, it, I guess it can be quite damaging. You know what I mean? And I think that mm. different people handle it differently. Um, but to, to watch it happen so fast, like it, mm. it would be, it's a, it would be a lot for anybody. 
Like it's, yeah. it's, it's literally like some shit that you just can't explain and you, you can't even like begin to kind of, I don't know, try and, uh, it, it's, it's, it's nothing that you could really put into words if you were trying to like, as that person, I'm sure that like, you know, no, no one could ever understand what it's like. Yeah. I, I completely it, agree. It, like even trying to understand it from our perspective, seeing it from the outside is so crazy. So it's like, yeah. you, there's no way you could even. Yeah. It's, and, and, and I guess, I guess that's why like, you know, that, that sort of stuff like really damages people. So like some people mm. it damages and some people get fine with it. Whatever, some people like, cope really well. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be just a, be a, a lot to digest. Like from what I've seen, it would be just absolutely, it's very hard. It would be a very hard thing yeah. to digest. Yeah. And, and like, we- you know, it's the hate, like the haters are going to hate type thing as well, right? It's like you're dealing with people adoring you and, and loving you, but then they would also have really unwarranted kind of comments made at them down the street or whatever. And it's yeah. like, you don't know me. Like how, that would be cutting. I mean, you would have to really get such a thick skin wouldn't you i would imagine so uh, lucky for me no one gave a fuck about me so i, I was <laughs> <laughs> no but i wanted well, to we ask do. you because you had well we know but you did have like um you know bags packed was a pretty big song in 2012 and you did you know have some <laughs> relatively decent success and you said you know you even sent me a um a thing the other day of someone that sent you a note saying that that meant a lot to them so there was definitely people that yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely had a role, like a role on effect yeah. of like f- fans and stuff yeah. being so like closely associated with 60 while he was being, well, he was so big. And then, you know, I was releasing my own stuff. So, I, you know, I did have like, you know, a fan base and stuff, but I, nowhere near to the extent or, you know, being harassed or hassled or anything like, mm. like, you know, he was, mm. but, yeah, but, um, yeah. What's, um, uh, what's, um, I'm really interested to know, like, if, you know, when do you hang up the boots? Because it sounds like you had that time and you had a big song in 2012 and stuff. Like, how do you, yeah, why, I guess, why did you hang up the boots with it? And when I, when I, did you decide? And when, yeah. Um, I kind of like, I don't know. I, like I did, I did my project, like put an EP out and, it, you know, it, it I, like one of the songs did quite well. Then I released the, the project, but I kind of like, I made some uh, kind of errors in my, rollout process and things like that and i think that kind of like might have put a bit of a bullet in me uh in terms of like triple j and stuff like that which which mm. you know i'm happy to cop and take accountability for but um and then after that i started another project with somebody else and and we kind of signed a deal with them and then that kind of sort of fell over a little bit um you know the deal was a bit funny and and mm. and I, I think it was i think it was actually at that point where i started like doing you know the photo and video stuff and mm. um and was was getting booked you know for jobs and making money out of it and i was like you know what like i've had a i've i've been slogging it out with this music stuff for like years now mm. and i've had i've had enough success for me to be like happy with and like you know you mm. did some good things that was awesome um but like then i saw what i was doing like with the photo and video stuff like and i was like this is like a career that i could this is like sustainable this is a career yeah. that i could keep going with mm. and i'm like music is such a fickle industry and it's like you know no you know like no disrespect to artists out there but like it's a fucking slog and it's like it's it is very, a slog. It's very very hard and like you you really need to like you know you, you have to have thick skin and you have to like be ready to fucking fail you know what i mean um yeah you're preaching to and, the choir with tammy here so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so and so my my, my, my decision was just like you know i've 
I'd, I'd, I'd done all the fun touring stuff. I played all the huge shows and stuff with 60. So like, mm. you know, I, I ticked that box, like, um, you know, by proxy, like, you know, but like by, you know, um, by association, I guess, like by doing it with 60 and, and, you know, I did my own tours and all that sort of stuff, which was, which was great. But then like, you know, it just got to a point where I just felt like I was pushing shit uphill and I was like, you know what, like I've spent so much money on this shit and so much time on this. And, and, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not going further forward. It's just kind of plateaued. And I'm like, do I want to do this? Like, do I want to keep spending all my money to invest in this? And, and like, don't get me wrong. I, I wasn't ever in it to like try and be famous or try and make heaps of money and stuff. Like I, I fucking love it. And I still write music now, but like, mm. I, I just, I was just like, you know, this is, there's got to be a point where you just go, okay, I, I've accepted defeat. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've done my dash. I gave it a really good shot. Had some success. Mm. I'll be happy with that. But now I'm moving on to something else where I feel like I can. That's sustainable, and I can continue that, you know, into the future. And, yeah, because and it was actually they, really, it was actually a really nice thing to like to just be like, mm. you know what? Like, and I wasn't bitter about it. I wasn't just like, fuck this. No one's fucking with my music. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I was just like, oh, cool. I'm done. I'm, I'm tapping out. Like, mm. I'm I'm still happy. I'm yeah. still in the industry. I'm still doing something I love. I think and, the you know, the photography thing. Well, definitely, I noticed it take off pretty quickly for you. Um, this is why I guess it's really annoying to see you just be good at everything. You just like one day start shooting and then next minute that's your career. <laughs> but you did the same thing as well with the photography. You picked up a camera and then all of a sudden it's like. Yeah, but I didn't have another, I didn't have 50 it. other like really amazing things that, you know. It was just it's one not like thing. You, I was like, like, like fifty. Into sports science or anything. Joel, you're so annoying. You two are both <laughs> so annoying. So annoying. <laughs> yeah. uh, but when yeah, you yeah, when yeah, you yeah. started when you started originally, you had you found like a little niche for yourself, didn't you? With like doing kind of photos for um, kind of Instagram models and stuff, and you you it picked up pretty quickly for you, didn't it? Because you were just like you didn't really know that it was a market, and all of a sudden, all these people were kind of asking you to do stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, again, like I was saying before with the music stuff, like while I was doing the music stuff, I bought a camera. It was actually funny. I bought, I, I saw this, like this break dancer that I really like. And he, he did this like short film, this like short dancing film. And um, I hit him up and I was like, Hey man, like what camera did you shoot that on? And he's like, Oh, I shot it on the Canon 7D. And I was like, cool. So I bought myself a 7D to try and, cause I was like, I want to make cool videos. And then I bought it and realized that I had nothing to film and I couldn't film myself. So I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So I started taking photos and then similar to the music thing, like that was kind of my hobby outside of music. So I was like doing the music stuff. And then when I wasn't doing that, I'd be going and shooting. And then, you know, the roll on effect of like what happened with the, you know, breaking to music the, and music to photos that kind of, uh, I was taking a lot of photos, like kind of sort of trying to shoot as many people as I could and getting myself out there. And then people started wanting to pay me for it. I was like, oh, I can make some, make some money here. And music's not really making me money. So I'm going to kind of throw myself into this and, and, yeah, I can't even remember how exactly it happened, but I ended up shooting, like someone reached out, some girl reached out and wanted some photos done. And it was kind of like, I guess like, not like like dirty stuff or anything. It was like an edgy kind of sexy, like. Um, kind of glamour. Just like glamour. Yeah, yeah. It's just that glamour stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and so I shot her and, and then she like posted the photos and then I think her friends hit me up and wanted shots and it kind of just snowballed from there. And I think it, I came in like now that it's like the, like Instagram's like rife with it, but I feel like at that point in time here, I didn't really see or know, it wasn't really a thing to like post mm. like, like, you know, girls weren't posting like 
professional kind of like really nice photos of themselves and stuff a lot. I didn't, I didn't see mm-hmm. it a lot. And um, it just kind of snowballed by itself. Like, and, and every like literally everyone was just, just kept coming to me. Like I'd shoot someone and then like a bunch of their friends would be like, Oh my God, like saw your photos like that you did for my friend. Can you come do them for me? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So it just kind of like, I don't know, like every shoot that I would do would get me more work. And it was just this weird niche market of like, I don't know. And, and it was just predominantly, it was predominantly girls. But it was like also like a lot of like, like male, like actors and stuff that wanted headshots and things like that. And like other like singers, artists and stuff mm. um, that came in, but it was, yeah. Like my main kind of bread and butter at that point was like literally just girls that are like, I want to, I want to, I want photos of myself looking really good for Instagram. Like, and I was, yeah. and, and I think I had like a certain style that was like really colorful and kind of mm. looked it, like, f- as far as I know, like kind of looked a bit, new at that point in time like there was nothing in terms of like the content and how it looked coming out around then and it just sort of I don't know it just seemed to work just again I feel it was just perfect timing yeah yeah Mm. yeah it's like a it's the way things all rolled into each other like the pathway that you kind of carved out things really yeah it just it's a flow on effect isn't it And, and kind of still closely related in terms of creative work and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, it's like all my hobbies turn into jobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. and it's um I definitely get the the music slog though like in terms of it just feels uh so you know it just feels like a a lot harder than just as far as because it's so subjective and stuff I think as well and like Michelle and I have talked about it before as well as you know people tend to value sports and want to pay money to go to big you know sporting events and things like that but um the the worth of you know that's paying for music and stuff and and supporting artists it's it's a lot harder and and it's and the work is very well the the creative side of it is very confronting isn't it so yeah and also I don't I don't really think that like I don't know if a lot of people know how much money goes into like mm. as trying oh. to be an artist and stuff and yeah. how much money goes into it um and, and how little money there is to get back from that unless you oh. like explode mm. you know? yeah I know that's so true that's so and true it's, it's crazy yeah it's crazy it's kind of like yeah the streams and stuff on Spotify or like getting your stuff on TV like even that you know there's a big cut that gets taken from from you as well if you you know through the publishing stuff but yeah yeah, just it's just such a I mean I think for me I just ended up um I just drop tracks now with no marketing or anything because I've (laughs) the way that I've ended up now I'm like it's for my mates it's my family it's like the people around the world who know me who want to hear me at a gig but I but they can't see me like here's a here's a song I'm just gonna chuck out because otherwise you don't put anything out at all and you're exactly right you spend so much money on you know like marketing and stuff like that if you want it to go somewhere and and I think that's the difference if you want it to go somewhere go drop a shitload of money on it but this is when people get these record deals and they loan the money to you and you literally have to make that money back in in streams and however however it's gonna yeah work. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean even even like before that like going back before like you know because a lot of people don't even get record deals or get signed or anything like that and it's like the money that goes into like you know recording and trying to like shoot your own videos and like all that sort of stuff and then the time and the effort and all that sort of stuff like by the time you're even at a point to even shop to a label you've spent a lot of money you know what I mean or like yeah you know, it's it, you know artists like you know do it because they love it I guess you know like that's what I did I was just like 
mm. you know, I want to go to the studio every day this week. That's going to cost me a lot of money to, to do it, but I do it because I love it and believe in myself and all that sort of stuff. But like a lot of people yeah. do spend, like put all that time in and all that money and stuff and don't actually ever get anywhere. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a risky business, a very risky business. Yeah. And you kind of just have to be okay with it, that it's, it's, it could go off or it might not. And, and you just have to go, am I content with the way it is, you know? And, um, and I think lots of people, lots of people are like, you know, driven to want to be discovered. And if someone says to you, well, this might be as, as peak as it's going to get, are you all right with that? Then that's a, that's a real confronting question, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you have to, if you want to be an artist, you've got to go into it thinking, I'm get, I want to be an artist, but I might have to be a photographer, videographer. Because <laughs> there's actually money in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk, let's talk about the video stuff because, you, yeah, you started um, photo and then you moved into video. What, as someone that, like, you know this, that I hate video with a passion and I suck at it, but what draws you to doing video and again why are you so bloody good at it like you just because it's a whole different art form there's so much more into video and editing that's like it's way 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 different than photography and it's way I'm harder i'll be the first show but shit ah shut up i i don't know like i said I, I bought the camera initially to do video stuff but i just mm. didn't have anything to film so i started doing photos and then um i think I don't know. I, I like it was actually such a weird, like oh, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here, but I, <clears throat> just because I I, 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 like, throw, I tend, to, throw. I tend <laughs> to throw myself in the deep end a little bit, um, like a lot actually. I think that's how I kind of like force myself to learn and just like uh, adapt quite quickly. But it's like sink or swim. Yeah. So I think I, I mean like essentially video is just like moving photos really. Like it, it's the same, you know, if you know, if you know your way around the camera, it's the same thing. Um, and so. Yes and no. Yes. Yes. And no. Like there's a lot more to Maybe learn. Maybe from a like shooting got... perspective. Yes. I don't think from yeah. an editing perspective. No, no, not at all. There's, totally a, there's a lot more to learn, but like, if you've got the basics around the camera, you can kind of, you know, work it out. Um, yeah. And so I think like, I'd only done, I'd only really done like maybe one or filmed like one or two videos. And then I remember, um, Nate, who's rules manager, hit me up saying, um, hey, man, we've got all this footage from um, rule making the EP, which I think was the ready EP and was like, hey, do you um, do you want to uh, like we've given it to a bunch of editors and like it's not coming back like like anything close to what we want. Wanted to be, do you want to take a run at it? And I was like, absolutely. And like I'd, I'd done a bit of editing before, like just mucking around when I was like younger. And so he gave me the footage and I cut it sent it back to him and he was like perfect like this is, this is exactly what we wanted and I was like oh awesome so like that was I guess my sort of foot in the door in that regard and then just by chance I was um in the states filming uh sorry visiting my friend Sully who was living in New York and Rule was doing I think his first America to Canada tour at the time so he was like doing like Toronto LA and New York and I I hit up Nate and said hey man I'm, I'm in America with my I've got all my gear with me. Like if you guys can kind of get some budget to keep me on and extend my trip, maybe I can come and film the LA and New York shows. And so he got the budget approved. I went along. And like, at this point, I like will admittedly say I've had no fucking idea what I was doing. <laughs> like like in, in terms of a video thing, I'd shot like two videos before and I was like, 
I reckon I can do this. Like I reckon I can. Amazing. And um, and then yeah, so I, they got me on board, and I went and shot like the LA and New York um shows for them. And literally after that, it was just like, all right, cool, you're on, like you're in. And and I was like, and and, and like I, you know, they weren't the best videos out, but like I was like, I was like, are these these they're happy? Like this is good enough. So that was kind of like my yeah. It was like it. such a relief when Joel came on board because previous to that, I had given a try of doing both for um, a trip that we did. And not well, both is like, unless you really know what you're doing, which some people do, some people can too, are doing both, but not when you're trying to learn how to do one and then do the other at like the equal level. Like it was just, I basically just cried every day of this Yeah, tour. I was going to say, so I heard you did a lot of crying. I literally just cried every day. It was awful. <laughs> I hated it so oh, much. Oh, it, it just stressful. It, oh, it was so stressful. And it just took the enjoyment away from touring and stuff and doing what I love because I couldn't really do what I love because I was so stressed about the thing that I didn't know how to do very well. And, I, you know, anyway, it was just the whole thing. But then when um, Joel came on board, and I remember because it was that show at the Corner Hotel and Joel came up to me straight away and he's like, oh, my God, like, I hope you're okay with this. Like, I don't want to step on any feet or anything. I'm like bro, I am so fucking glad you're here. Like I was like, thank you so much. This is the best thing ever that I don't have to do video. And it was like, it was, yeah, it was a, such a relief to have him. And he's, he, he's really downplaying it because like it might, he might've just been starting to do it, but he's, he's got an undeniable eye for this thing. And if Nate, mm. Nate, what people don't know about Nate is he has very, very high standards for all of us on the team. So he wouldn't tell you that something was okay if it was shit. Like he just wouldn't. So the fact that he was okay with Joel's stuff at the start just meant that he came in at a level, like he's coming in at a level that's really high. And so I just think Joel's being really humble. Yeah, you are. You're being really humble and downplaying (laughs) that you are actually really fucking awesome. And people say to me all of the time, like the content that he's putting out from, you know, the last tours and stuff that we did, they're all looking, people are looking up to Joel and seeing what he's doing and, and seeing it's the standard. So, you know, but you know, you know as, as a creative, you, but you know, as a creative, you're always like, you know, I'm always like, ah, oh, yeah, we hate I'm, what we do. I'm not for good. Sure. I'm so shit. Like, yeah, but you're not. That's, I'm telling you as good? a creative. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's, well, we have this as a question, don't we, Tam, in, in, ter- in terms of like, dips in confidence and stuff yeah yeah how like do how you, do you cope, yeah yeah how do you um cope with it and how do you yeah what do you do for like you know obviously you've moved through lots of different types of kind of creative careers how do you move through those that those times where you feel a real dip in confidence and you almost want to not do it like what do you, yeah <laughs> call what's <Michelle>. some advice <laughs> <laughs> yeah having a friend to chat to for sure yeah definitely that but like I don't know you just I just you just have to just persevere like it's it's such a weird thing and and like any artist would be able to relate it's like you have these moments of just like I'm the fucking best like no one is Mm. better than me like I am (laughs) no one can touch me I am killing it yeah, and then, you have these, and then you have these moments where you're like, I am the biggest piece of shit. Yeah, like, I need to quit. Like, yeah, like, I, I what am I doing quit. with like, my life? Yeah. Like, how it's the creative is, cycle. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. sometimes I'll get booked for a job and I'll be like, I can't do this because I don't think that I'm worth what they're paying me, or, or like, I don't think that I can. Like, why are you, why are you booking me? I'm not good. You know what I mean? Like, and, and you go through this shit, like, it, it's, you, yeah. it's like a fucking roller coaster of emotions. It happens all it the really time. Is. 
Yeah. Like, yeah no, I, don't, I don't really know the way to combat it. You literally just have to just like remind like just yourself that, that yeah. it, it will pass and, and like you will, you know, you're not, you know, you're obviously doing something right. You just need to keep persevering until you feel good again. <laughs> like it's just like, yeah, I think that's something I try to tell, um, you know, that, you know, the community that I have now with Twitch and you, I see people going through this, you know, low dips in confidence. They're just not really feeling stuff. And, you know, it's, it sounds reductive just to say, you just got to push through. Like you've just got to pick up your camera and you've just got to keep going, especially when you don't feel like doing that stuff, but it actually really does help. Like it just does help to do something creative and, you know, just have a play and push through because it yeah. is going to get better. It just feels yeah. so hard in the moment. Just like so much self-doubt, like all the, yeah. Like, yeah. All the time. And, and it's really weird because people people can be like, your work's amazing, this and that, and da, 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 da. but like sometimes that like, which is like lovely to hear, but sometimes that shit just doesn't even cut through because you're just like yeah. so filled with like doubt that you're just like, am I even good? Like, is this shit even good? Like what, like, yeah. what am I doing? You know? And, and that uh, that's happened to, like to me across breakdancing, across music and across this as well. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think it's just in any creative industry, like people are, mm. you know, it, it's creatives are just a fucking part of our brain. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tough yeah. times. Part of our brain. Yeah. yeah. And because the other thing that we quite often like asking um, other creatives is, you know, what is your measure for success? What, how do you measure success for yourself? Because as a creative, if you put like, say you put a song out and there's very low numbers on the streams that can be disheartening, but then you could have a million like people say to you verbally, I love, you know, your, your music or your, your photography or video work is like did something for me. Like how yeah. do you measure what success is for you? I, I, I can only like this. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but like, I feel like, I don't, I don't really know, to be honest, because every like milestone that I've achieved that I thought would be like, um, that I'd be like, this is success. Like, you know, like say winning the Australian championships or something like with the breaking stuff, like in my head, I'd think like, that's, that's the precipice. Like if I do that, Mm. then I'm going to be like, I'm successful. But as soon as you do that, you're just like, what's the next thing? Like, it's, it's like, you don't even stop to go, fuck I did it and and like and like sit in it for a second you just go cool that's done what are we doing now Mm. yes and that that like that's like it's a bit I think it's like I don't think it's a healthy thing because you don't ever like well for me anyway because you don't ever really sit and like sit in the success of it like even like doing shows like breaking shows I don't think I've ever come out of doing a show being like I fucking nailed that like I've always been like I could have done this better could have done that better and it's it's same with like anything like you know I remember getting like when my song got put on high rotation on Triple J, it was my first like single. I was like, everyone was like, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. Like, you know, you're on high rotation, da, da, da. And mm. I was like, for me, that's all I ever wanted. And then as soon as I got it, I didn't even stop to be like, yes, and celebrate. I was like, cool, what do we do now? Like, mm. they're, yeah. they're, I feel like they're always Bit like- always Strike all the iron's hot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, well, it's not even that. I think it's just like, like there's always something, there's like always like another goal in front of mm. the goals so I don't I don't think like it's hard to measure for me to measure success because I don't I don't know if I'll ever get it if that makes sense like I don't know if, if I'll ever yeah. I don't know if I'll ever I'll ever internally feel like I've been successful because every goal that I that I set if I hit it there's always another one immediately like allocated <laughs> so there's no so like you, can't, you just need to chill out Joel there's, yeah, there's no, there's no, like, he, any, he has no chill no, 
there's no it's there's hard. No end to this. like there's yeah. no there's no point that I've like you know there's no like a uh, specific point where I would be like that's when I've been successful because I'm always mm. just trying to keep like evolving and keep moving forward and keep setting new goals and trying to get to those yeah if that yeah which is yeah totally to- yeah totally no no nice. relatable it's yeah. it's and it's such a hard one because it's well um it, like I don't it, I don't feel successful now because I know that there's a lot more stuff I want to do and in my yeah. head I'm like that's that's success like what I'm looking yeah. to in the future I'm like mm. that's success but when I get there mm. there'll be other there'll stuff be something else <laughs> so, so it's like it's hard yeah. to, it's hard to um yeah to sort of pinpoint but I think yeah. sometimes it's really, really, uh, it is a smart idea to sit down and because because we can punish ourselves if we behave like, you know, you can really, people will say to me, you're so hard on yourself, go and write down the things that you've achieved. And you're like, oh, because sometimes you lose sight of like, because it's like can't stop, won't stop, and we keep pushing through. Um, you do, you can lose sight of like, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, like you said, there is some stuff that I've kicked off, you know, and and, and ticked the boxes for, and um, I should sit and be present with that. And I, be I happy totally agree. That's something that mm. everyone should do, and I definitely need to do that. <laughs> I don't think I have. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, oh, sorry, Tam. No, no, you go. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about, um, I guess, you know, you've been essentially a freelancer since like, you know, you quit, you quit school and it's such an uncertain type of life. And so many people that, you know, want to jump into this lifestyle, there's something always holding them back because they've, you know, had a full t- full-time job and they've had income coming in and that uncertainty doesn't really suit them. How have you managed, I guess, living like that your entire life to generate income? Has there been moments where you're like, holy shit, I don't know where the next paycheck is coming from and um I guess to continue to kind of live that uncertain lifestyle um yeah this is a one that comes up quite a bit a question like um or, or just like a conversation I have quite a bit with people but I I mean it's it's first of all it's like it's all I know so I don't I don't really so I've just made it work you know and it's worked mm. this this far so mm. um I don't really uh, you know, you're always having to hustle work and having to like, you know, uh, find work and you don't know exactly, you know, you're a freelancer too. Like you don't know mm. where your next sort of job's coming from and all that sort of stuff. And I always kind of have these moments of like envying my friends that have nine to fives. Like a lot of them envy me. They're like, you, you know, you, you just get to go and do all this fun stuff. And like, you know, you can go on holidays whenever you like, you know, my friends get pissed if I'm just like, I'm just going to go to Bali for a bit or whatever. They're, they're just like, oh, you can just go on holidays whenever you want. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, yeah, but you know when you're getting paid you know how much you're getting paid you're getting super like you don't have to worry about money like mm-hmm. like and, and they're like like it's yeah. the grass is always greener like you know yeah. my yeah. friends at nine to fives will just be like you know like oh I wish I had your life and I'm like you actually don't because like if you did you would like it's it's not as I think people from the outside looking in think it's quite easy but it's like mm. it's a struggle like it, it is a struggle you have to be careful mm. you have to be like you know watch your finances and you have to you know hustle work like you have to get yeah. it yourself you can't just constantly putting yourself out there you don't mm. get to rock up to the office and sit down on a seat and just take your paycheck for the day it's like you're constantly pushing to get out there and get exactly mm. and and there's been there's been multiple like moments in like my life where I've just been like like do I just get a nine to five like this like you know there's times where work's scarce and it's like mm. and you're just like fuck like 
I don't have any work booked. What am I going to do? Like, what, 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 what am I doing with my life? And then I'm like, I'm not even qualified yeah. for anything. What the fuck? Like, how do I, <laughs> what do I do? Like, you know, the whole reason I started this shit is because you're unemployable. Like, unemployable. Um, oh, oh, my God. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, because oh, yeah, you're so, I'm, you are so employable. No. But <laughs> um, I get but, it. No, but, it's like, it's so uncertain. Like, it's so, but I don't know. There's something, obviously, there's something in all of our personalities that love that. Like, I personally mm. would not want to know. I've had the nine to five before and it was torture yeah. for me. Like, it does not suit my personality at all. I like no. the uncertainness. Like, I like the hustle. I don't know. There's, got, there's something to, in no, this me, that's me, like, me too. Yeah. Me too. But, but have you ever, like, has there ever been a moment where you're like, fuck this shit, I just want to get a nine to five. Like, no, I think that... because I have had the nine to five, I think that's maybe the point of difference because you don't know, you've always been like this. So maybe it does feel like a little bit grassy. Michelle, I worked in a video shop when I was 16. A video shop. Yeah, I worked five to nine. <laughs> oh, but I had oh. the full like corporate life, like want to shoot yourself in the face, like, yeah and I would too. never ever ever want to go back to that there's no way in hell and I know you Joel like you would also want to mm. shoot yourself in the face like you would hate it so much yeah, it would not suit back. your personality never gone back to the video shop <laughs> no, no don't go to, go to the video shop, shop. I just imagine Wait, they don't even restless. exist anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah. no there is still one on on um there is still one on what's that street in Richmond the mate Swan Street there's still Swan a Street, there shop, is there yeah. is one. Up, so that's the one I used to go to actually yeah. when I lived in Hong That must be that a one. front. People don't even have it video sick. It's so <laughs> sick. He sells like cassettes oh. and vinyls and videos oh, and DVDs cool. and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's a sick shop. I was talking to yeah. him not long ago when I was over exactly. there. It's an antique you, store. You absolutely <laughs> wouldn't quote Joel. Like, do you remember when we were on tour that day and you were like, oh, Mishy, do you reckon I've got ADHD? And we like, we looked it up and you <laughs> <laughs> you ticked all of the boxes except for like one. Yeah. Oh, we just diagnosed you. We diagnosed you on the bus somewhere. I don't know where we were. Somewhere in America. Yeah. We're, we're pissing yeah. ourselves laughing. Just like you've you've got you've definitely got a you've got that we were, one where it's Ireland, like high functioning where you just like it, and it's like a high functioning hyper-focus. ADD. Hyper focus. Hyper focus. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I feel like you. I've got that. <laughs> hyper focus ADHD was so My- funny. We're like, yep. Oh, 100%. oh my gosh! That what is, is what are the what are the symptoms? Like honestly, I have like the attention span. Like oh, I just can't. I just get so distracted. It's so frustrating, and then which is weird because I'm a business coach. Like I'm working, like you know, helping coach teams on being productive. And I'm like, damn it, I just can't stick to my to do list today. Like what are what are the what are what are what are the signs of it? For, yeah, all well, of from, all of those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like really short attention span no I've, i don't have a short attention span i'm just like i walk into my bedroom to get i like before when i was trying to set this up i literally said mm. shit i need my computer i walked into my bedroom and i came back out here and i was like fuck i needed my computer <laughs> 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 just, just i do stuff out. like that all the time damn it yeah. but oh, you remember yeah. we looked up we looked up the hyper focus thing and you were like you can you get obsessed with one thing and you yeah, become think- really really good at it we're like that's definitely you yeah, I think it, I think it contributes to like to to me kind of like um having all these different uh, careers and different like you know I guess like excelling at, in a few different areas is because like yeah from what from our self diagnosis from that our we did self Dublin, diagnosis on the internet um, no 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 but it was really interesting to read about this hyper focus thing because it was like it's like a you know it's a I'm not a bloody medical professional but in terms of like ADHD it's like a form of it where you just kind of like 
I can't multitask. If I'm like texting and you talk, you're talking to me, I can't hear you. So it's like, it's, it's things like that. And if I like, if I find something that I love, like say editing or video or whatever, I'll throw myself into it like so intensely that it like, it affects my relationships and shit like that. Like my, wow. you know, like my, if, you know, if I've had a girlfriend at the time or whatever, like I see how it affects it. Cause I just, I can't, nothing else matters. Like I you're just like can't. obsess over it. Yeah. 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 And I can't, mm. um, it's like, I can't snap out of it. It's like, I just go like, it's like mm. tunnel vision and I'm just like throwing myself into something and mm-hmm. it kind of, I mean, it, it definitely has its detriments, but like, it's also attributed to the fact that, you know, I guess like I can, you know, when I find something that I really enjoy, I kind of like excel at it quite quickly. Cause I just, it's all I do. I'm just like, like throwing myself yeah. into it. See, I would love to have the, that, that appetite because I like, I'll pick up something and I'll really enjoy it, but I won't like, it wouldn't be what I live and breathe and do 24 seven like yeah I like to, I, yeah yeah <laughs> I, but it would be quite handy like I work in bursts like I'm a massive like and so are my business partners Robin Locke we go and we do these big bursts and then we like pull right back and we rest and then we burst and then we yeah but it's kind of frustrating because I do bursts with writing music as well so you're like oh this is you know this is annoying because it just yeah it'll happen in a burst whereas I, I'd kind of if I sat down and applied myself day in, day out on the piano, I'd be way better than what I am on the piano, but you know, it just comes in bursts. So yeah. I don't then, know, kind of so you don't have there. ADHD. We've just diagnosed you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have hyperfocus. I mean, people listening just going, people don't know what the fuck they're talking yeah, about. Medical so. professionals like writing in. Stop talking. Like, Absolutely <laughs> idiots. You can't diagnose this shit on the internet. Apologies to those people. We don't mean to be offensive. It was just our little joke on the bus last year. Yeah. yeah. Blame, oh. the, blame the internet because I ticked all the uh, But anyway, yeah. I've got, um, I was going to say a good way to end, I think, our chat today is that um, we were tour buddies in uh, 2018, 2019. What's your favourite memory about touring with me? I think obviously it's going to be hard to choose, um, but just pick one. Just pick one memory, Joel. Oh shit! This is a hard one. Oh my god, a blank. We've got a I, blank. I thought that I thought the screen it's froze because his mouth just froze. just like dropped open. Even like, think oh. of one. No, not it's not one. a blank. It's there's so many. I'm trying to think of which one. There's like, uh, can I? Oh shit! I was going to send it to you. Uh, oh fuck! There's been so many. I need to like. Do you mean the videos when you were recording me, like you did the series? That that's probably up there. That, that's probably really my favorite. Actually, no. Okay, my favorite. My favorite one was. Um, it wasn't. Uh, the, those videos were great. The when I threw the baby into your cup of tea, that was great. Oh, the the baby, yeah, the little mini and, baby. He just like threw it into my cup. The videos that he's talking about, he basically he would do um, like a David Attenborough voice, but I didn't know. So he'd be he'd be filming me from a distance, and he would do this voice, and he, he just did a series of videos. <laughs> Could you do the voice? Because it's not going to make any sense. I can't, I can't do it. I can't. Please do the voice. I'd just be like, <laughs> if you look across the room, you'll see Michelle. She sits there watching, looking at the photos <laughs> of a young boy named Rule 
Will she edit them correctly? Who knows? <laughs> and he did a whole series of them. It was so, like, so funny. And I would catch him occasionally. I'd look up and he'd be like, oh, no, we've been spotted. <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like this, sticking my fingers up at him and stuff. It was very funny. It, it was, like, um, a lot of entertainment. I don't know if this is a, this is a memory of you, but you, it, was, it, it definitely comes to mind is when I forgot my passport and oh my god in chicago i had to i had to go through the airport with no id i had nothing I didn't in america no don't ever nothing. travel in america with no id can i tell no, you i nearly never. watched them strip search this man in front of me because the they're guy, so hectic over there the guy was like yeah the guy was like permission to 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 go for the groin i was like dude you can touch me anywhere as long as you let me on that plane <laughs> <laughs> So Joel left left his ID on the tour bus and we, so the bus was going to Canada for a few days and we were staying in Chicago for a few days and he forgot his passport and we needed it. We needed to fly to, I think like, and his wallet. And (laughs) so so we were, Joel and I were staying in Chicago for a few days and just like hanging out and, you know, so he had no ID, no money. And then we had to fly to Atlanta and it was like the biggest drama. (laughs) Because we'd been that on the bus, we'd been on the bus for so long that I just didn't. So like, long, yeah. I hadn't used my passport for so long that I was just like, oh, I didn't even think and you, about yeah, my passport. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, but not having your um, wallet was yeah. like also hilarious. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, oh, I was like, I called the tour manager. I was like, hey man, is my wallet on the bed? And he's like, yeah, it's on the bed in the bus. And I was like, oh cool, Michelle can just lend me some money till till we see you guys again. He's like, but you got your passport, yeah? And I was like, no, why would I need my passport? And he's like, because you have to fly. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, fuck. Oh, so what did you do? How did you manage? Okay, so I got to the we got to the airport. I was freaking out, and then we'd rock up, and I had a picture of my passport on my phone, and so Mm. I I went to show the guy, and he was just like, he's like, nah, that's not going to cut it. And I was like, look, man, I've I've explained the situation, and they're like, we're going to have to do an ID check. So they 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 looked me up, and thank fuck, I toured America with six three sixty in like two thousand and twelve, and they're like, so we found like this visa that you had in 2012 but we're going to ask you a series of questions and if you don't get them right you're not getting on the plane and i was like cool and then like michelle and like they wouldn't even let me michelle was with me and and like if michelle went to talk they'd be like no no you can't talk to her like i wasn't (laughs) like because they would say to him that be like what was your address and i was like who the fuck remembers where they were living like especially because joel's been in share houses and stuff it's not like he's been Mm. in one property i was just like looking at him like oh my god he's gonna get these wrong yeah, they, they were like, "What was it like? What was your address in 2011? What was your email in 2011? Email address. What, what was your oh phone number? Gosh. Like all these things. Like, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, and I go to like get, get my phone. He's like, "No, no, 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 no! You can't take it. Don't look at your phone." And I was like, "Fuck oh. me!" I felt like I was on like, yeah, I don't know, who wants so to be a millionaire or some shit. I was like, <laughs> "No way! Is he gonna get these right?" And and I, I got, I fluked it. I got them all right. And then the guy like had to take me aside and like give me a pretty thorough, um, hands down the pants and stuff. But um. which you enjoyed because it was like it'd been a while since you've got any action so you were kind of like "Eh." (laughs) on the tour bus are you like nobody bring anybody back to the tour bus (laughs) well you can't Um, when you're touring with a minor that's like that's not a thing that happens (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah so that that was that was a fond memory uh yeah uh and so anyway i did i 
ended up getting on the plane and then believe it or not I, I did the exact same thing about a week again. later and left my shit in the box again <laughs> Michelle like you did <laughs> it again, again. you did yeah you did it was so oh, stressful oh you're but... joking oh that's so yeah. funny so they I, I mean that. like great way to end the chat I think with <laughs> just that lovely memory so <laughs> yeah good time that's good a time. lovely lovely memory oh well it sounds yes. like you two have had a lot of fun over the years and uh you know we're just going through a weird wacky time of the world at the moment but I'm sure that you'll get back on that tour bus as soon as uh hopefully things... oh, hope hopefully so. fingers I crossed it. I really miss it a lot so yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed we get to have those stupid moments again <laughs> Yes. yes, and I yeah. plan to go on tour at some point. I'm not going to give up on that idea. I'm like, damn yes. it. <laughs> I'll come hang on your tour bus. Yeah, shit. we'll come. Yeah. We've got a videographer and a photographer with you. Let's go. We'll yeah, I can't bus. wait for you to hear Michelle fart on the bus. Oh, my God, Joel. You oh, are ridiculous. That's so funny. I love it. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you having the chat with us. And yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I hope it was uh, hope it was good. I, I, I oh, know. we had a blast. Yes. I had a blast. This is awesome. Thank you. So good. Thank you so much. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.